Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome in to the Lombardi Line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa on the tip of the strip in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Hour number two of the program. And we want to begin with a little college football talk, Wes. A couple of coaches at major programs were in the news on Tuesday. Dabo Sweeney talking about the 12-team playoff. And he said, no, we really don't want to go there. And I thought he made an interesting comment, and I kind of agree with him, that he said, you know, I don't think there's 12 teams good enough necessarily to make for a 12-team playoff. I I could see an eight-team playoff, Mm -hmm. but I think 12 stretches it a little bit. And then, of course, uh, Lane Kiffin from the SEC also commenting that Alabama quarterback Bryce Young is already a millionaire with the new rules uh, that he can make some cash in in endorsements. Well, I'll start with the ACC first with uh, Dabo's comments, and I don't think he's necessarily wrong. He gets a lot wrong, I think, with some of the comments, but not necessarily here. But I do want to see... And, you know, I think an expanded playoff would be good because you have a lot of these group of five teams and and, uh, one of the conferences that I'm writing in or have written already for our college football betting guide that's going to come out here very soon. And you can get that at vcin.com for all the details is that Clemson uh, or excuse me, uh, like a Cincinnati. I wrote the American conference. Cincinnati last year was the team that got kind of left out in the cold and they would probably be the candidate in the group of five. They certainly are the best rated team. They would 
would be the one that you'd be looking at that say maybe they could get in the playoff. Now, Cincinnati's got some tests this year. They got to go to Notre Dame and Indiana. But anyway, back to the ACC. Clemson, a big favorite right now to win the ACC at BetMGM at minus 900. North Carolina, plus 850. They made some progress last year. They have a Heisman Trophy candidate in Sam Howell. And also Miami gets their quarterback returning, Derek King, who tore his ACL, the former Houston transfer. So I don't know how dominant now Clemson is going to be. Now, they they have the uh, the kid DJ Uweangalele, who is mm-hmm. uh, going to replace Trevor Lawrence. So they've got talent. They don't rebuild, they reload, but it takes some time for it to come together. But Clemson, probably the biggest favorite of any team I'm seeing in terms of the conference, because you're seeing like a lot of teams, maybe minus $2 or whatnot. Clemson, minus $9. So I think Dabo is probably correct, you know, when, you know, and he's been in that conference where they've been just eating up everybody. So he probably absolutely thinks that. And uh, to what Lane Kiffin said about Bryce Young, Lane Kiffin, of course, now the coach at Ole Miss had a very good year last year, including a very exciting game with Alabama where they went up and down the field. Alabama couldn't stop them, but Ole Miss couldn't get any stops either. And by the way, these conferences are now having their media days this week. So that's why you're seeing this come out. SEC will flip to that. Alabama minus $1.65. Georgia plus $2.30. Texas A&M 11-1. Florida Gators 16-1. LSU 22-1. Ole Miss 28 to one. Those are the top six choices in the SEC. But he talked about Bryce Young. Look, it it doesn't surprise me when you have such a college uh, sports and college football crazy market like down there in Alabama that you're going to get a lot of local love in terms of the endorsements. Now, I hope everybody down there, as much as they love SEC football, uh, you know, I don't want to digress here, but maybe get that vaccine if you want that SEC football season yeah, to go right. to go off without a hitch. Uh, maybe go ahead and do that. Not trying to getting any type of controversial topic here, but I mean, that's kind of the way it is of SEC football's life in those markets. So if you want to go and be able to feel like you're safe at the game and fill those stadiums and enjoy this season, go ahead and do that. But no surprise. I mean, but the fact that he has not played a game, but when you're Alabama now and you're getting all five-star kids, so it's always the next guy that comes in, you know, it was Tua and then it was Mac Jones who, who let him, uh, who led him a long way last season. And now Bryce Young is just a new guy. And that's just the luxury of being one of these programs. You can pretty much get any kid you want. Yeah, and now it comes with a few dollars as well. I think those first six teams that you mentioned there on the odds board in the SEC are all very interesting. Alabama at minus 165 to win the conference. Georgia plus 230. Texas A&M 1100. Florida at 16 to 1. LSU at 22 to 1. Ole Miss at 28 to 1. I really don't think any of those are a bad bet. I kind of like Texas A&M. We've been waiting for Jimbo to get his team together and for that team to come around. This might be the year. You talked about Lane Kiffin, how they went toe-to-toe with Alabama last year. I really like their quarterback, Matt Corral, 28-1, to a good-looking number. LSU, of course, they are possibly headed for a little bit of a down year. Well, I imagine they'll improve somewhat off of yeah. last year. Yeah. But are they really going to contend? But for who's going to be that quarterback? And plus, this defense really fell off a cliff as well last year. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you for our number two here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Talking a little college football here. A couple comments made by a couple of coaches. And Wes mentioned it. We're going through media days. 
uh, for a lot of the conferences around the country, specifically the SEC and the ACC, where Dabo Sweeney was talking about uh, a 12-team playoff, an 18-team playoff, what have you, and then Lane Kiffin talking about some of these players, stars for Alabama, specifically Bryce Young, making a lot of money already in endorsements with that new rule passing. But uh, just going further here to win this conference, Wes, uh, Florida at 16-1. to Kenny White, I know, is one of the guys, uh, one of our local experts here on college football. Really likes Emory Jones, replacing Kyle Trask there in Gainesville. Uh, Georgia, we know they just reload every year. They're at plus 230. Florida has a, you know, and this is another topic that I saw Dan Mullen talk about in his media day with Florida, that he wants to get away from these locked-in teams that you play from the other side of the division Mm -hmm. uh, every year, where Florida plays Auburn and LSU basically every year, and then, you know, every six or eight years, you happen to get one of the other teams. And this year, year Florida happens to get Alabama in Gainesville. That'll be a great game, but he kind of wants to see that happen more often, where these kids get a a little bit more variety in the teams that they're playing. Yeah, I think so too. And I know, look, uh, in terms of these divisions, when you got to like lock in, oppo- you got to lock in opponents here. And they want to keep these rivalries intact because sometimes the rivalries span the other divisions in terms of what you're looking at here. You have uh, Ohio because that's why like the Big Ten East, I think, is a good example. And, uh, you know, obviously, as an Indiana grad, we're kind of up against it always in that division because we got Ohio State and we got Michigan and we got Penn State and they want to have Ohio State and Michigan in the same division. But you don't need to have them in the same division to protect a rivalry like you could have Michigan in the West Division and I think really balance out the conference because we know the power like in the Big Ten is more in the in the East Division than it is the West Division. I think the SEC is a little bit closer because you still have Florida and Georgia in the East even though the West has been getting it done from winning championships, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and those teams. But yeah, I would like to see a lot of more of those crossover games where you know, and you make it special too. I, I don't think Florida and Alabama need to play every year no. necessarily. No. But if you play it every three or four years, it makes it more special rather than every six or seven years. Yes. You know, and I think it's good for the kids. It's good for recruiting. You know, Mm -hmm. if you say, hey, once during your three or four years here at school, you're going to get to play Alabama. Yes. You know, and when was the last time Alabama played Georgia in the regular season? Exactly. You know, exactly. Because, I mean, when you only have like 12 games, you're limited with the conference. You're only going to have at most four non-conference games. One of those things is, you know, you want to even at top level pro because we often think of that at bottom level programs, Brady, like if you look at college football, college basketball, it's like one of the recruiting tools is like if you're like a non-group of five, hey, we're going to play Ohio State this year mm-hmm. on the road. That's a recruiting tool because sure. these kids are like, man, I get to play at Ohio State or I get to play at Clemson or I get to play at Alabama or Florida or USC or someplace National like TV. that. Absolutely. You get these big showcase games and all these stadiums that you watch, watching Notre Dame games as a little kid, we get to go play at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. So that's a recruiting draw. And look, I think that's what people want to see. You want to see the big matchups. We already have enough guarantee games in terms of, you know, you always have these SEC teams, especially when you get later in the season, like that second, third week of November, and then you're getting like Auburn against Western Carolina, or you're getting uh, uh, Florida against the Citadel or somebody like that. So you already have one or two guarantee games because look, you got to have that. You're willing to pay the money. The schools are willing to take that check, but 
you, you want to see, I think, the big-time matchups, not just in non-conference, but in conference play as well. Well, you know, Mullen also talked about, and Saban backed him up on this, the possibility of adding another conference game. And then that gives you more freedom to add one of those other teams, seeing them more often every two or three or four years rather than every six, seven, eight years. So, you know, I, I think that would be interesting, too, adding yet another conference game in the SEC. This conference is absolutely so loaded. I mean, you're telling me, us as sports betters and sports books wouldn't like another marquee mm -hmm. matchup like that. Mm -hmm. And obviously the fans, I mean, it's a big deal. Now, if you look at those teams and I don't know, maybe there's somebody even deeper there, but those top six on the board to win the conference, what would your initial reaction be as far as making a bet to win the SEC? Alabama is the rightful favorite, and I think they're going to be ahead of the game really early on defense. Uh, look, uh, Alabama scored 48 a game last year. Yeah. I think that that's probably at least going to drop with the new quarterback. I don't know how substantially it's going to drop, but they don't have to score all those points. I think the defense was a little bit weaker the last couple of years. Now they bring a lot more people back, and that's what we're seeing with all these returning starters. Everybody seems <laughs> have returning starters with this super senior thing, obviously not counting that year last year. So you've got a lot of guys that are coming back, but I think Alabama has a little bit more personnel on the defensive side of the ball. And look, you lose Mac Jones, you lose Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. You lose Najee Harris all in the first round. Your offense is going to take at least a little bit of a dip. No I wonder they won the national title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you get dudes like that, uh, it makes your life a lot easier. But uh, when I was looking at the sec, look, I kind of like Georgia. And back to the marquee matchups, though, we're going to find out right away how good Georgia is going to be because they get Clemson in yeah. week one. I think that game is uh, going to be in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to find out how good Kirby Smarts guys are because they're always, you know, win a lot of games and there's a lot of expectations, always can run the ball, always can play good defense. They have probably the best quarterback they've had there in several years in JT Daniels, the USC transfer. So it's like, okay. You know, now's the time you got to show us, guys. Now's the time Georgia's got to show they're for real, and they get the crack right there in the first week. Texas A&M, who's going to play quarterback down there? I think that they have a lot of personnel back on defense, and I've been high on this team. Now, the one thing for Texas A&M is they don't have to play Alabama right away. It's like they've been playing Alabama, what, the second, third week of the season, and then when you take that out, you're always, always behind the eight ball a little bit, so at least they have the opportunity to kind of grow as the team so I think the schedule at least is good for uh, Texas A&M in terms of maybe some dark horses not to win the conference but teams I would like for season wins this year are the two teams in Mississippi. Ole Miss, I think, obviously showed their medal right away offensively. Defensively, they were completely out to lunch and just couldn't get any stops. But I like what Lane does there. I know Lane is kind of a quirky personality, but Lane knows how to call plays and he knows how to call offense and Matt Corral, I think really uh, grasped this offense and that's why he's kind of a dark horse Heisman candidate. Now he threw too many interceptions last year. He had 14. So you got to do that. Kiffin also wants to use John Riss Plumley, who was the other quarterback. Remember when Rich Rod was at Ole Miss mm -hmm. uh, down there in Oxford, he used him a lot as like a running, running quarterback, a lot of read zone read option type of stuff. So he wants to use him a little bit more and get him the ball because 
he is a decent little runner, so you want to get the ball in his hands somewhat. But if you look at Ole Miss, what they did, this average score will tell you the story. 39 to 38 last weekend was the average score in Ole Miss games. <laughs> so, you know, that's why, I mean, you got to win a lot of shootouts if you're going to go over the win total. But I do think Ole Miss is going in the right direction. And I'm also interested in seeing Mississippi State. I think this is a team that maybe could be better. I don't know if it'll be the second year or the third year, but eventually Mike Leach will get this air raid going. I think what happened is KJ Costello of Stanford, a good Mm -hmm. quarterback, wasn't quite the fit for that offense and then they had to go to the uh, kid I believe his name is Will Rogers so now you have Will Rogers back but he's going to get pushed by Jack Abraham the Southern Miss transfer at quarterback down there but it take you know Mike Leach is a guy and that's that old question do you adjust your system to your personnel or your personnel to your system and he's changing the personnel to his system because he's going to run what he runs and recruit to that and that's why they had a lot of roster attrition last year but you know I think Mississippi State probably takes at least a bit of a jump this year. Checking the baseball scoreboard, a lot of runs on the board already in Tampa Bay at the Trop. The Orioles leading the Tampa Bay Rays 3-2 to two in the bottom of the fourth inning. Still scoreless in Atlanta between the Padres and the Braves. 0-0 in the top of the third inning there, and the Padres do have runners at first and second base. Also, the Mets have taken a one nothing lead over the Cincinnati Reds in your three early games on the Diamonds. You brought up uh, that Georgia game against Clemson that will go on the opening weekend of college football Saturday September 4th always love that Labor Mm -hmm. Day weekend for college football and that'll be a big one you're right it goes down in Charlotte North Carolina a neutral field there very close for both schools not a lot of travel for either Georgia or the Clemson Tigers and currently Clemson they opened as a four and a half point favorite there still are some four and a halfs out there a lot of fours in favor of the Tigers and even a three and a half here at BetMGM. And we were talking with Kenny White earlier on the Lombardi line, you and I both, I believe, Wes, and we were breaking down the SEC conference here, and I believe it was Kenny that made the point that this game is probably a lot more important. And now I, now I go back. It was Pete Futak mm-hmm. who mentioned this. This game is probably a lot more important for Georgia. Clemson, like you alluded to earlier, they can very easily roll through that ACC. And still be a factor even with one loss because obviously. But not so for Georgia, Yeah, Yeah, because Georgia is going to obviously have to deal with Florida and the cocktail party game down there in Jacksonville. So the schedule is a little bit tougher, even though I think there's going to be some improved teams that may give Clemson a push, like North Carolina, Mm -hmm. perhaps down there in the ACC. But still, look, if you lose, and we've seen that with this college football playoff, you know, and if you lose early, you can make up for it late. Yes. And then all of a sudden you get under the radar and forgotten about. And then it's all of a sudden you look at a team. Well, they've ripped off about eight straight games right now. So then they get back in the mix. So it's kind of like you want to lose early and you don't want to lose late because the committee look, it's like when I often say on here, betters like to bet what they saw last. Sometimes the committee seems to value what they saw last, the last impression instead of the first impression. So yeah, I absolutely agree with Pete Futak. I think that this is a more important game for Georgia. And I think this is one that they need for their program to kind of say, yeah, we are a national title contender. We're not just a good program we're not just the top 10 program like we were in the peach bowl where they had to rally late because remember cincinnati in that peach bowl had them down double digits going into the fourth quarter and georgia got that last second field goal i think three seconds left on the clock and then added a safety on the last play of the game to go ahead and win by three yeah it wasn't rodrigo it was another guy rodrigo is now at the indianapolis goal i was thinking that was his last year yeah 
Yeah, but Georgia, the kid nailed a 50-plus yard field goal to get that win in the Peach Bowl over Cincinnati. So, uh, look, and, and you look at the season wins with Georgia, what I've seen, I think, right now is 10.5 is basically the market consensus on this team. So it's like... If you lose that first game to Clemson, there is no margin for error to get to yeah. 11. You've got to win out, and that means you've got to beat some really good teams, including Florida. So, you know, I understand taking the points there. Yeah, I do too, and I think this line is probably going to be very similar, Brady. I don't think that this is just going to shoot up to like six or six and no. a half. There's going to be enough support for both sides that you're probably going to see that in that middle range, three and a half, four, four and a half, maybe a five. You know, some shops may go to that because they get loaded maybe with Clemson money that might be some recreational money. So, look, I'm looking forward to that. I think we're going to get two-way action on both sides. I'm very much uh, looking forward to see if Georgia can really kind of step up and stake their claim here to potentially a college football playoff spot. I think one of the toughest conferences to figure out, Wes, is the Pac-12. And if you look at the odds board, it's all very tightly packed here. Oregon is the favorite at plus 250. The second choice is Washington at plus 350. You've got USC at 4-1. to Arizona State also at 4-1. to Utah at plus 650. And then it gets a little deeper after that. UCLA at 12-1. to Cal at 28. Stanford 40. And Washington State at 40. But the top five teams there, relatively close as far as the numbers and you know at first glance it's like okay I'll take Kyle Whittingham and Utah mm-hmm. plus 650 yeah absolutely and uh, uh, they do have the uh, the new quarterback I believe he's from South Carolina if uh, memory serves me correctly so uh, the Pac-12 is going to be tied anyway if you look at the north Oregon and Washington seem to be the consensus two favorites and then Cal Stanford behind Stanford has an absolutely murder schedule, by the way. So that might be, that might be a team I'm looking for the under a little bit, but you're kind of wondering, okay, when is David Shaw going to get this back on the track a a little bit? Because you want to trust his judgment because he's done it so many times. Uh, Washington state now second year under Nick Rolovich. So they're trying to institute that little pretty good season last year and Oregon state, uh, Jonathan, Smith, I think is absolutely the former quarterback there has absolutely turned them around. But I think Oregon and Washington are going to be the top two. You've got the, uh, the uh, Jimmy Lake now in his second year at Washington, taking over for Chris Peterson. He was a defensive coordinator. So look, this, these PAC 12 teams, I mean, how many games did they play? They played like seven. five, six, seven, seven games, games last year. Yeah. So you didn't really get an idea of what this, these teams were going to be. And that's why I think this conference is really so hard to predict. You can't count out USC, of course, at four to one there, pretty good number there. And Oregon, I think the question is we've seen Cristobal can really recruit as good as anybody mm-hmm. in the country, maybe, mm-hmm. but can it transfer? Translate into conference championships. And again, plus 250, they are currently the favorite here at BetMGM. You got to love Arizona State and what Herm Edwards has done, Wes. This guy's been competitive. I mean, he was kind of scoffed when he was hired there. I said, Herm Edwards, and he's done nothing but have absolute success there. And now he's the third choice to win this conference, tied with USC at four to one. But Arizona State, I mean, I think you could make a case for any of those teams in the top five on the odds board. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Now, ASU has had some of these recruiting issues, I had maybe an investigation, so I'm not sure how that's going to materialize. Uh, the quarterback, by the way, I was thinking of is Charlie Brewer, okay. who transfers from Baylor into University of Utah. So uh, 
you got to think Kyle Whittingham. I always trust his judgment, the fact that he's going to have a really good defense. And I think you have a better quarterback because they had that kid, Jake Bentley, who is the transfer from South Carolina. That's who I was thinking of, and he wasn't able to get it done. So uh, Charlie Brewer looks like he was going to be leading for that job in Utah to try to get them back into a Pac-12 title game because that's where they were in 2018 and 2019. Down year because of all these COVID cancellations where they only went three and two last season. All right, we'll get back to the baseball card for your Wednesday. Look at some of the games on tap for the nightcap on the Wednesday schedule on the Diamonds. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
Welcome back into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you here on a Wednesday. Three baseball games currently in action. Still no score between the Padres and the Atlanta Braves. Still 3-2 to two in favor of the Baltimore Orioles leading the Tampa Bay Rays. And now 5 to nothing. West. Those New York Mets shutting out your Cincinnati Reds. They got one, by the way, of the salami. Yeah, Dominic Smith grand slam home run. This is Jeff Hoffman, as we mentioned, kind of a brief preview at the top of the show of this game. Jeff Hoffman coming off that injured list. Mentioned that walks have been a little bit of an issue for Jeff Hoffman. Only one walk today, but it's really been hits that have been an issue. He's given up six in two and a third. So Metropolitan's all over the red legs early, five nothing. And uh, I just thought I saw another home run in that Tampa Bay game. And uh, that is certainly a big fly. And that is a home run. I and thought it was a replay, but uh, they're not showing a change in the score. And guess who it is? Uh, his oh, second on the day. Hey, Rosarena. Wow, his second one on the day. So there's a tie ball game, three apiece in the bottom of the fifth there at the trop between the Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. Some good baseball early on a Wednesday here in Las Vegas. Let's look at the rest of the card. We turn to the nightcap here, and I will start in Houston, Texas, where the Cleveland Indians are visiting the Astros, and they're down 0-2 in this series. Eli Morgan will get the start against Lance McCullers today day as the Houston Astros look for the sweep in this series and this is a big price in this one Wes and I think really if you're just looking at price I think you could make a case that the Cleveland Indians were the side to bet in each Mm -hmm. of these games well it hasn't worked out so far but you've got another opportunity with a big line in favor of Houston minus 240 here at BetMGM with a total of eight and a half yeah the Indians are one of those interesting teams we've talked about over the last week Brady as we lead up into the deadline in terms of the fact that what are they going to do here? It almost seems absurd. You're second place in your division. You don't want to necessarily throw in the towel, but I, I don't think that they're going to catch the Chicago White Sox anytime soon. And we thought that this might be a rebuilding year in Cleveland anyway, but looking at, I think in the wild card right now, they'd be five and a half back of the Oakland A's who would get that second wild card spot. Tampa Bay, of course, would be getting the first. So Cleveland's not out of it. But it just doesn't seem like they're in it right now, if, if that makes any they've sense They've tailed here. off a lot in the last month and yes, a half or so. And, and, I mean, they've had all the pitching injuries this year. We know that this was going to be a transition year anyway with Lindor now in New York. Shane Bieber, of course, still on the injured list. Aaron Saval still on the injured list. So they've had so many injuries on that staff, and that's why you're having to see them go with Morgan and Hentges and also uh, – uh, Tristan McKenzie. So that's why you're really seeing that with this this tribe club. But I do think that this is a big price on the Astros. If I had to, I would lean a little bit with the Cleveland Indians and maybe take the plus one and a half on the run line at plus money. Sometimes I like to do that with big underdogs when I'm on them, Brady, is I like to take half on the run line and half on the money line because that way, you know, some of these games that land on one, at least you split the deal. But oftentimes you get a win outright. So that's why I like to split them up. And Cleveland has seen a little bit of the money. This was minus 255 in the overnights, and some shops are down below minus 230 on the Houston Astros. Let's take a look at the Twins at the White Sox. Michael Pineda taking on Dylan Cease. And this is another situation for me, Wes. The White Sox here at BetMGM minus 145 on the money line with a total of nine. 
I think when you've got Rodone, Lynn, and Giolito going for Chicago, you either bet on them or you stay away. But Dylan Cease and Dallas Keuchel, that might be a go spot to go against Chicago. Yeah, I think uh, this could be a gettable spot for the Minnesota Twins. They did split that game, actually. Uh, uh, they had the two games uh, two days ago where they had the doubleheader for seven innings, and Lance Lynn was on the mound for the first one. Now, Lynn didn't get the decision. He went seven innings strong, and then the Twins went ahead and won at Nextra's. Twins are going to be a seller here in the next week. You got to think Nelson Cruz is going to go. Taylor Rogers, the bullpen arm, is going to go. Perhaps Barrios. But Dylan Cease, I just don't have a lot of confidence laying 150 or above uh, in this particular spot. So it would be Minnesota or nothing for me. All right. Let's take a look at another one here out west, and that'll be the Seattle Mariners taking on the Colorado Rockies. Good game on Tuesday. Herman Marquez, I don't know if he actually took the loss in that game, but Seattle did end up getting the win over Colorado. Today it'll be Middleton and Gomer, and Colorado is favored again inside Coors Field. Of course, a high total in the thin air there in Colorado. Minus 145 are the Rockies with a total of 11. And it's kind of interesting, Wes. Colorado's been playing pretty decent, but so has Seattle. Yeah, they have. Uh, Kenyon Middleton, I believe, making his first start of the season. So he's been a guy that's pitched a little bit out of the bullpen. No real movement on this game. Uh, Seattle continues to play good ball, and Colorado's getting ready to sell here at the deadline. Looks like maybe just a trickle of movement on the Rockies. Can't argue with betting on Colorado when they are at home. We'll come back and talk a little UFC fight night with our man Lou Finicaro next up right here at v VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there's no better way to prepare for college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only $20, and discounts are available when you buy them both. Now's the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN all access packages and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds back with you in the Lombardi line here on the Sports Betting Network and we never forget about UFC. Another UFC fight night coming up this weekend in Las Vegas and to break it down we bring in our man Lou Finicaro. You can find his article this week in Point Spread Weekly. You can follow him on Twitter at GamBlue and Lou thank you as always for joining us. I want to start with the preliminary card. Punaheli Soriano and Brandon Allen this one at BetMGM is listed as a pick'em affair. It's basically minus 110 either way, a middleweight bout. How do you see this one, my friend? Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll wait to get Lou's audio here straightened out. But uh, as we were talking about here, UFC fight night, Lou's got a couple preliminary fights and also some main event fights that we will get to. He may need to hit that speaker button on his Skype there. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Lou just had some work done on his knee. Maybe he's a little under the weather there, but we'll see if we can get him back. Uh, the main event, Wes, is Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw. And it's been a while since we've seen Dillashaw in the octagon. Do you have any thoughts on 
on this one? Two years, in fact, since we've seen T.J. Dillashaw. He had a two-year suspension due to testing positive for what is called EPO. Don't ask me to do the long pronunciation. We're just going to call it EPO. Nevertheless, it is a banned substance, and he had to go ahead and vacate his title last time out. So T.J. Dillashaw is going to be the feature fight this UFC on ESPN Plus card. Uh, this was back, uh, uh, I believe, uh, January 2019. He had won the Bantamweight Championship, if you recall, from Cody Garbrandt. And then he went down to flyweight to fight Henry Cejudo. And after that fight, that was January 19, 2019 in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. And after that fight, he tested positive for EPO and has the two-year suspension. So now he's getting Corey Sanhagen here in this fight. So uh, I believe we have Lou back. Do we, guys? All right. There he is. Mr. Finicaro, you there? Good to have you on the program. We were just talking a little bit about the main event, Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw. And Wes was talking about the fact that Dillashaw has been out of action for a couple of years because he tested positive for EPO. What is your breakdown on this match and his return to the octagon? Yes, TJ, a couple of years off, uh, overcoming injuries uh, as well, uh, coming off a, a beatdown at the hands of Henry Cejudo when he tried to get the second title. Uh, I, I think this is a fascinating fight. Uh, Dillashaw is going to have to wrestle and get inside and muscle Corey Sanhagen, who doesn't like to be bullied and pushed around. Sanhagen's going to have to utilize as much space as he can to keep Dillashaw on the outside. I'm of the belief that Dillashaw has always looked for an extra edge, and so I'm not going to be partaking in this fight unless Perhaps I look at something over the three and a half, maybe even fight goes to the distance. Let's remember, these are Bantamweights, 135-pound men, and so the smaller cage makes much less difference here. And I'm surprised at the total to, that it's so low, to be quite honest. And, Lou, just one more on this, too, because Corey Sanhagen, now the number two contender in the Bantamweight division, he's obviously very good, but it's like how good? Because his two fights obviously leading up to this main event spot, he beat Marias and he beat Frankie Edgar, both these guys now in their mid to late 30s, as is T. Jay Dillashaw. So how good do you think Sanhagen is? Do you think this ranking justified for him? I think the rankings justified. He shows up with momentum. Yeah, he got manhandled by Sterling, but that's the that's the recipe to uh, beat Sandhagen. I will also say, as far as TJ is concerned, he's never faced anyone with this much height length reach on him ever that's going to be a huge adjustment for him uh i think you know in my heart i'm leaning to sandhagen but i don't bet with my heart and there's too much unknowns with tj uh listen there's there's smart people in the ufc that are ahead of the testing program uh and i'll leave it at that Lou, when you and I started the conversation, I was asking you about Soriano and Brendan Allen, and this is pretty much a pick a matchup at minus 110 either way, a middleweight bout. Any thoughts on this one? This is on the preliminary card. A lot of small people on this card. There's two welterweight fights, 170, and then this 185. And this is a fascinating clash of styles. Uh, uh, Punello is from Hawaii. He's a banger. He's tough as nails, and he wants to slug. Allen is improving on his feet, but he's inept on his feet. He, he stops punches with his nose, ears, eyes, and chin. And so he must get this fight to the ground. And that is the clash of styles that I find 
find so fascinating. Alan is motivated, and I think Soriano is almost made for him. I don't look at this as a pick fight. I lean to Alan a little bit here. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of small, smaller weight classes here. A lot of Bantam weights, including not only on the prelims, but also on the main card. And we have one with uh, Kyler Phillips against Piva here. Both guys kind of ranked in that top 15, looking for that signature win to get them into the top 10. So uh, Phillips, a nice unanimous decision win over Sonia Dong last time out. And Kyler Phillips, about a 250, 260-ish favorite, basically what I'm seeing here over Piva. Uh, Phillips isn't enough of a favorite. Piva is a 125 for the time. He's moving up, but he's a structured guy. He's tough, but more singularly dimension. Phillips is much more well-rounded. He was preparing for a fight against Rafael Asuncao, which was going to be Asuncao off that terrible Garbrandt loss. So he was going to catch a powder keg. Now he catches a guy that is not, in my opinion, a legitimate Bantamweight top 20 fighter. Uh, I think Phillips dominates this fight. Lou Finicaro on a favorite. You're going with Phillips and Brandon Allen on the fights that we've discussed? Yes, sir. All right, very good. Well, thank you very much as always, Lou, and I'm sure we'll talk to you throughout the rest of the week as we get closer to UFC fight night here in Las Vegas. Enjoy the rest of your week, Lou. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, man, and sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, We're good, Lou. We forgive you. (laughs) But, yeah, this UFC, look, at even with the McGregor-Poirier, action never stops with UFC. That's the old reliable here. That is always in action. Uh, Fight card this weekend, and then Uriah Hall, Shane Strickland next weekend to close out the month. Yeah, by the way, check him out on Twitter at Gamblu. Look for his stuff in Point Spread Weekly. Lou went 5-0 on his card last week. He did. You know, he rebounded. I know he was disappointed with this guard the week before, but rebounded very nicely this weekend. Indeed he did. We will wrap up the program here with some more baseball talk and also some NFL player props when we return on the Lombardi Line. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. No one raises the stakes for MLS action like BetMGM. Sign up for the BetMGM app using the code VSIN100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on the New York Red Bulls or the Toronto Football Club, you'll get $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. And if you're betting in Pennsylvania, you'll get $100 in free bets if your team that you bet on wins. Download the app today. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or age or older to wager. Colorado. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, 800-889-9789 and 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Final segment here of the Lombardi line on vsin the sports betting network before we get to throw it down to the circa resort and casino in downtown las vegas for amal shah and mike palm and the nuts you know brady you were doing that read you know what season never stops soccer yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've been getting soccer out the wazoo this summer. Of course, the Olympic Games now starting. By the way, the American women had a 44-match international streak snapped overnight. Wow. They lost 3 nothing to Sweden in their first match in Tokyo. Sweden's kind of been the up-and-comer that's uh, really been the thorn in the USA women's side. But 44 in a row, and they lose. So we'll have a men's team over there. And obviously, we have the CONCACAF Gold Cup Sunday, USA against Jamaica Mon in the quarter finals to see if they're going to advance the final by the way going to be right here in las vegas august 1st hopefully we have no problem with the jamaicans yes no problem no problem on no problem and then the mls big card tonight as you mentioned in that read well, you know, I'm really rooting for uh, that possible final of uh, Mexico and the United It'll States. It'll certainly be a scene, but uh, maybe hire some extra security guards at Allegiant Stadium. That would be my advice for the Raiders and the officials that go ahead and run that stadium over there. Because when USA and Mexico get together... Uh, 
a lot of things happen both on and off the field. Yeah, and, and, you know, let's hope it doesn't get too ugly and, you know, all those things, like you say, it can get very rowdy. But just the atmosphere and here in Las Vegas and for Allegiant Stadium to get an event like that. That's a big-time event. It's already sold out, so I think people are anticipating USA and Mexico. By the way, they are on the opposite sides of the draw here in the quarterfinals. Mexico will get Honduras down in Glendale, Arizona on Saturday. All right, very good. Let's turn to uh, the NFL player prop market here and we'll look at players uh the sack specialists on defense if you will our friends at BetMGM have put out a lot of player props this week and it was yesterday here on the Lombardi line when I was on with Josh Applebaum we looked at some of the receivers to go over their yardage total or their touchdown total we looked at some of the running backs to go over their rushing yard total touchdown totals now we switch over to the defensive side of the ball Wes and this is total sacks and you can of course go under or over the number posted Aaron Donald is at the top of the board with 12 and a half being the number. Of course, you can go over or under that. Miles Garrett also at 12 and a half. TJ Watt, the great linebacker for Pittsburgh at 12 and a half. Shaq Barrett, the next choice there at 11 and a half. Shaq Barrett West had eight sacks last year. And mm-hmm. so that's obviously up a bit. Now we do have one more game on the schedule, but the uh, standout all pro for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is now listed at 11 and a half. And I tell you, my very first reaction is under. I kind of want to fade a team that just won the Super Bowl. Right. Are they really going to have that motivation? Is Shaq Barrett really going to go out there and get 12 or 13 sacks? So my first, and again, he only had eight last year, and I know he suffered some injury as well, but uh, that was my first reaction on this board was under on Shaq Barrett. And Tampa Bay also did spend their first round pick. Granted, it was at the end of the first round on an edge rusher and Joe Tryon. Mm-hmm. So look, might this guy make an impact as a rookie? Who knows? It usually takes some time for edge rusher, but they got the kid Joe Tryon with the 32nd pick out of University of Washington, and we know also JPP getting up there a little bit in age for Tampa Bay, so I would be with you on that under, because I think maybe this young kid's going to take a couple of those away from him. i tell you two uh, that I also looked at that I kind of like going the other direction on the over would be Von Miller and Chase Young. Now, first of all, what I saw out of Chase Young, this guy's really good. And he was not healthy all last season either because I believe he had 40 what they call pressures in terms of that stat. He had 40 total pressures in a rookie season limited by injuries. He's also got other linemen on that defensive line that you have to contend with. Montez Sweat. Which goes a long way. Yes. You know, because, you know, then he's not going to get double teamed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a ton of guys up there. They've got Montez Sweat. They've got Jonathan Allen, who was a former first round pick, who I believe pro football focus gave him a 17.1% pass Pass rush win win rate is what they call. They have all these advanced metrics at pro football focus. But look, I think that that's going to help Chase Young, though, because it's like, okay, we can't just double team this guy all the time. Uh, we got to go ahead and gar- and block Montez Sweat. We got to block Allen. We got to block Darren Payne. We got to block Matt Ioannidis. So I like Chase Young a lot. He had a lot of injuries last year. I think this guy is an absolute star, and he's going to be up there very soon. And, like, when we look at what are the best defensive players, especially from a defensive line standpoint in the league, obviously Aaron Donald, top of the class. Sure. I think pretty much consensus, best defensive player in all of the National Football League and a guy that staying healthy, he's going to be in Canton as we approach that Hall of Fame game here in a couple of weeks. He's going to be lock, stock, and barrel there too. But I think Chase Young is going to be in that class in very short order. 
So his number there under or over total sacks is eight and a half. And he had seven and a half last year. And you mentioned he was a little beaten up, uh, but I think this guy really the ceiling is, is there is no ceiling as far as what this guy can do defensively for the Washington football team. Von Miller had eight last year and his number is at eight and a half. I kind of expect bigger things out of the Denver defense this year. Well, here's what helped Denver and what Denver elected to do. They invested very heavily in the secondary. You have Cal Fuller. Right. You have Ronald Darby. Sertan. Pat Sertan II was the uh, first-round pick for this team. Justin Simmons, the nickel corner, Bryce Callahan. They drafted the safety Jamar Johnson in the fifth round, who I think is going to be a steal for them, kid out of Indiana. So that's going to do nothing but help Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller up front. What do they call it, a coverage sack? Yes, absolutely. So, look – you know, when you give Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller maybe that extra second, if you can hold your man down in coverage with an extra second, they're going to get to other teams' quarterbacks. I think this is going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. I know Michael Lombardi, the usual host of this program, is very high on the Denver Broncos. Yeah, so I, I like those. Vaughn Miller and Chase Young over Shaq Barrett under. And then this is a similar market, a little different here. You can just bet on who will have the most sacks for the upcoming NFL season, Miles Garrett and Aaron. Aaron Donald again at the top of the board there. Uh, they are plus 750 to have more sacks than anybody else uh, in the league. And I went a little, and first of all, Wes, I don't think Miles Garrett is that bad of a bet. He had 12 sacks mm -hmm. last year. I, I'm kind of high on the Browns. I think they'll have another very good season. And maybe the handicap to this market here is you got to think about teams that are going to have opposition that is constantly trailing and is having to throw the ball a lot to try and play catch. Yes. So I think you kind of want to go with good teams here that you figure to be in the lead in the second half. And you do have two games, and I will throw T.J. Watt in that mix as well with Pittsburgh. That's arguably the best defensive line in all of the NFL. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, uh, also really good secondary. Alex Highsmith maybe could be the breakout guy for a rusher from the Steelers standpoint. They get Devin Bush back from injury. You have Minka Fitzpatrick dominating that secondary for the Steelers. So look, both those teams, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, Garrett with Cleveland, Watt with Pittsburgh, they're going to get the Bengals twice in division play. And I think the Bengals are going to be improved, but I think, you know, assuming Joe Burrow is able to stay upright this season and they're able to protect him, Cincinnati is going to be down in a lot of games this season. I think they're going to be improved, but they're in such a monster division. You may not see it in the wins and loss in the wins column particularly, but they're going to be a team that you want to bet over from game to game. They're going to be throwing a lot and playing catch up. So that's going to give opportunities to guys like Garrett and Watt. The other two guys that I looked at are the Bosa brothers, Joey Bosa for the chargers at 14 to one, Nick Bosa for the 49ers at 18 to one to have the most sacks in the league this year. And I think uh, the rationale there is the same that I used before that both of these guys are on good teams. I figure San Francisco and the Los Angeles Chargers to have good seasons where they might be ahead of teams in the second half. And these guys are going to have to or get opportunities to get sacks on teams that are trailing and having to throw the ball. I would lean a little bit more on the Joey Bosa side of the two brothers. I'll start with Nick Bosa and the 49ers first. Uh, 
if you look, now he's had a full recovery from that torn ACL. You've got Fred Warner, who's a really good off-ball linebacker. Concern for San Francisco is the secondary a little bit. If Jason Barrett goes True. down, you're worried a little bit with the depth in that secondary. But the Chargers, I think, could have been a much better defense last year and really achieved their potential if they weren't so injured. Keep in mind, Derwin James, they lost him before the season. He's the he's best defensive back. player. He's absolutely back, the all-pro safety. So you get Joey Bosa. You have Chris Harris also in the secondary Brandon Staley, by the way, the new coach in Los Angeles for the chargers, a defensive guy, uh, you know, coming from the uh, Vic Fangio staff in Denver. So he's a defense first guy. I think they're confident with the offense that Justin Herbert's going to continue to develop in his second year. They've upgraded that offensive line, which they needed to do. But I think getting Derwin James back is really going to help Joey Bosa. So of the two brothers, I like Joey Bosa better on this prop. I'm just looking at the Chargers draft here and trying to bring it up. I know they drafted Slater, the offensive yes. lineman, but didn't they grab some defense, uh, defensive secondary players as well? Well, yeah, they absolutely did. They had uh, a good draft. Yeah, it was very universally praised, I think. I think getting Slater where they got him was an absolute steal. And really, that's what the Chargers, I think, weakness was. They had to go get some offensive line to go yes. ahead and protect Justin Herbert. And uh, and if you look at the draft, they drafted Asante Samuel, another guy, there cornerback out of Florida State, Asante Samuel Jr., uh, Florida State Seminole. So he's going to be a guy that's going to play right away. So they're going to get a lot of contributions. I think Joey Bosa has a big year for this team. I like the Chargers this year. We will see. They are in a tough division as well. That is going to do it for us. We go downtown Las Vegas to the Circa Resort and Casino for the Nuts. Mike Palm and Amal Shah coming up next. Stick with us at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony Delisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. 